Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast, where we bring you business-focused interviews with thought leaders and executive decision-makers to deliver actionable information for founders, CEOs, and finance leaders to take your organization to the next level. I'm your host, Doug Atberg, and I'm looking forward to getting the conversation started. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Nathan Biddle on the line with us today. And what we're going to be talking about is brain hacking for executives. And I know that when you first hear that, you're thinking, wait, 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 wait a second. This sounds like some kind of cheesy squeeze page I'd see in the internet that says, hey, you know, give me your email address. Uh, I'm going to give you 17 brain hacking secrets for executives. And then you're going to get inundated with 10,000 emails over the next month. That's not what we're doing here, or at least not yet. Um, uh, Nathan, uh, introduce yourself a little bit. Don't let me go on too long uh you know tell us a little bit about yourself all right well my name is nathan bidoff i am a neuroskills coach in fact i'm the original neuroskills coach i uh mm-hmm. i work with high profile athletes and executives so work with all-star josh bell in major league baseball uh calder trophy finalist uh alex Nedeljkovic in the nhl and and many others uh work with you know ceos and top executives and i help them with their brain uh to hack in and to get into uh higher levels and, and, and all sorts of processes. And yeah. we'll talk about that. Well, and, you know, if, if, in, in a way, if you think about it, um, you know, the, you know, some of the, the cognitive uh, skills that you need are, there's a similarity between being like, say, an elite athlete and an elite corporate decision maker. If you're an effective one, you know, now I've been around some people through my career where basically all they do is go to meetings and then shift blame for things. I'm going to simplify uh, our conversation and assume that is not who is listening to this podcast. Uh, you know, but if you if you're a high level executive decision maker, uh, the I think the cognitive strain you go through is that you have to make uh, a lot of very high impact decisions, usually with incomplete information and frequently on very short time frames. You know, or what'll happen is say you'll have a normal decision making process where you can say, okay, I want to gather all the information and you'd kind of go through the process, but then something weird happens. You know, like for example, let's say you have somebody who's trying to do a takeover, or let's say there's a pandemic and three quarters of your revenue disappears. Now all of a sudden you have to make a whole bunch of really high impact decisions with almost no information at all. And I think that's the that that to me is kind of the angle where this this brain hacking or neuro coaching is you know can really be impactful. Um, you know, tell me if I'm oversimplifying it or if I'm uh, if, if I'm going off the field here. No, you're hitting it right on the head. So what we're talking about is processing speed. So thinking faster, right? And so seeing processes faster, you know, you always have this working memory that you're working with and you're you're brainstorming or whatever you're doing, right? Uh, If you have faster processing speed, you hold on to those thoughts. You're not like, oh, where did I go? And you you know, and then you go off on a tangent. Instead, Mm -hmm. you can stay on focus. And another huge thing with the neuro is pattern recognition. So that's seeing patterns in what you're doing. So if you're you're analyzing the industry, yeah. you're seeing patterns in the industry that no one else is seeing because I'm teaching you how to how to beef up your pattern recognition. So you you're seeing things before they happen, and you're getting ahead in the industry or in your own processes and how yeah. you uh, manage and develop your business. Yeah, well, and yeah, I think the, the there, there's something you said there that I want to unpack a little bit because you were talking about being able to focus and a lot of people kind of walk over that and be like, yeah, 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 of course, I know how to focus. It's like, I go, well, 
but but do you <laughs> and you know because and you know and i'm not trying to say that flippantly but it's you know the it's not being able to focus with no distractions that's the problem it's being able to focus when you have 10,000 other things that are all burning uh you know hotter than the one thing that you should be focused on uh when you know your phone is blowing up with text messages when you're getting instant messages when you're being inundated by distractions being able to focus in that kind of situation is a much much different skill than just being able to focus and so i think that's that, that to me was you know i uh that, that kind of uh, flipped an interest indicator uh, because I think that learning how to focus when you're in a distraction heavy environment, which by the way, any kind of, if you're talking about uh, any kind of, well, just sports game in general, but especially if you're talking about like an all-star game or championship game, or if you're talking about say an executive type of situation where you have a board meeting come up or you have some kind of major business disruption, right? You are going to have immense amounts of distraction, you know, but like, you know, say you're going through an acquisition or say you're going through a restructuring, you will have just tons and tons of information inundating you. Being able to focus in that environment is extremely difficult. Absolutely. In fact, uh, focus is something that, you know, a lot of motivational speakers will talk about and say, hey, here's a trick to focus. But when it comes down to it, when we're talking neuro, I mean, this is foundational brain stuff that, yeah. that it's, it's attention, actually. So we're talking about selective attention, alternated attention, divided attention, sustained attention. So if you can beef up these skills, focus is easy. And, and, and what we're talking about right now is selective attention, uh, yeah. eliminating the distracting background noise. I do drills so you that's easy and it's just easier to focus and you know i don't have to teach you any tricks that are like a band-aid i actually teach you how to focus with attention yeah. well and i think there's a boy we're, we're just uh, just dropping value all over the place here um there's i think another thing that uh that you just touched on there that i, I want to make sure to uh to kind of walk, go back and uh unpack a little more is the idea of doing drills to enhance your focus because i think there's a tendency to think okay well you know i'm going to find an ebook or i'm going to read a book or i'm going to find an article that's going to teach me how to focus it's like you know just like if you're learning how to hit a you know to hit a, a baseball that's coming at you at 90 miles an hour you know swinging a bat which I never learned how to do. I, I, I never made that progression when I, when I was a kid, which is probably why I wasn't that good at baseball. Uh, but, you know, in order to, you know, if you think about that focus amongst distraction, that's really a, something that you have to practice. That's a skill you have to hone. Um, and I think that, you know, being able to structure that practice is really important if you want to be ready for when crunch time comes and you don't have the time to go through a methodical process. Exactly. You have to do drills. So yeah. an example is I'm just starting with an agent right now and he has a bunch of athletes and yeah. he says, you know, they always come to me and say, Oh, got a, I got the next best thing and this motivational speaker and whatever. And they're just all pumped. And then he, he meets with them and he's like, you haven't changed at all. You're the same guy I've always known. Right. But then he started work, you know, he, one of his uh, players works with me, he has changed and he's like, yours is different. What do you do differently? I'm like, I changed lives. We do drills. We don't just talk about things and say, Oh, I'm pumped. And then two days later, you're like, what was I pumped about? I forget, you know, this is actually stuff where we change your life and it's just like attention becomes a part of your yeah. life. Well, and then because 
I think that where I think where it feels like you're going with this, which I think is really productive is, you know, not just, you, you know, not just learn about focus, not just do drills, but do drills and then measure. Because, you know, if you track and measure, now you can start saying, now you can start seeing your improvement over time. Uh, because I think that as long as it's ethereal and you're not measuring it, it's really hard to be able to tell whether you're improving or not. But once you start being able to quantify with metrics, I think, you know, that that's where you can start really holding yourself accountable. Yeah, absolutely. And we do that in sports a lot. I mean, obviously, uh, velocity goes up. So with the processing speed going up, um, velo pitchers throw faster, um, uh, you know, people on the field, they run faster, skate faster. They actually, uh, batters, they, they hit farther because their bat speed goes up. Yeah. That's easy to measure. Um, but then there's stats all over in baseball, you know, or in not just baseball, hockey, all sports are stats sure. and points go up and all that. Um, yeah. but well, you know, and, and then, I, I do have to say like in sports, uh, the, um, you know, cause yeah, the measuring of things like bat speed, um, you know, just the, uh, the, the degree of statistical information that's available is just orders of magnitude higher than it used to be. Uh, although the, the, the problem with all those extra status stats is that you get a lot more noise too, because particularly in something like baseball, where you have so many different repetitions, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of statistical aberration. And I'll, although truthfully, truth be told, I would say that some, a sport like football, where you play a relatively small number of games, you're going to have probably even more statistical aberration because the numbers that you post are going to be highly dependent on who you're playing against. So you can have the exact same person who can look like a star one season, look like a bum the next season, and they right. didn't improve or degrade. <laughs> the, the, the only thing that changed changed is game situations and their competition. Exactly. And that's why baseball is a great one to measure because it's 162 games. Yeah. And the football, the whole season's like spring training and baseball. You know, outstanding. Well, so let's, uh, let's kind of take it back to, uh, you know, to benefit our listeners. So, you know, if, uh, let's say we have somebody who's listened to this, uh, you know, for, uh, for sake of argument, let's say they're a CFO and they're, uh, you know, they're, they're saying, okay, I get it, you know, focus, decision. What's, what's, it, what's something they can take out of this right now to improve their performance? Well, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's building character. It's building, you know, routines daily. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I work with that, but, you know, obviously my drills are proprietary, but um, things that you can do Fair every enough. day, <clears throat> you know, you, you, you can just find what, keeps your mind active and, and, and things that you can build off of. And you could probably, you know, just do some things that will be beneficial and that, that hold your attention, you know, challenge yourself. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, well, and, is that yeah. We're going? Gotcha. Okay. Oh, no, go, go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I'm just trying to give you ideas of just like, you want to challenge your brain every day. Right. And you want uh-huh. to up that every day. And so if I'm not doing that, then I'm really not challenging myself. So, so what are things that I can do to up that? Now, obviously I have drills for executives sure. for CFO for all these guys um, that are very specific and um, target everything they're doing, their processes, all, all the patterns, everything that they need in the industry. But things you can do right now, you know, you wake up and you're like, how am I challenging my brain and how can I up that? Right. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, totally makes sense. Well, because I think the the thing that I'm thinking is that, you know, because a lot of people who are listening are going to be, you know, going to be thinking, okay, you know, how can I increase the amount of challenge that I'm putting on my brain? How do I keep myself sharp? Well, at some point, they're going to, you know, at some point when you self-direct, you always hit a plateau. You know, that's the reason why all the best people at everything have coaches is because at some point you get to, you you hit a limit to where where you can self-develop and that's where you need to go. You know, that's where you need to, as you say, go find the expert at the top of the mountain. Um, but, you know, what, what I'm thinking about is like, you know, okay, so you know, let's say we have that CFO where they're getting going in the morning routine. What are the types of things that like normal people uh, frequently do to, uh, to kind of keep their brain engaged and challenged? I mean, <clears throat> you know, your average person's gonna just work on puzzles or whatever, okay. you know, just things like that. Um, that's, that's not what my program is, but yeah, um, gotcha. I'm, I'm just telling you like, um, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do to challenge your brain, you know, just keep it active. And, um, you know, <laughs> I, I can't really give you my, my program, but what? Oh, totally, totally. And, and I'm not asking you to, right. um, but well, like the, uh, one of the things that, that at least that I was thinking, uh, or, you know, that, that I try to do is um, try to force yourself to remember things instead of, uh, you know, instead of looking them up. And at least what I found is that it's really easy to just, you know, use your smartphone, query information, but really, really try to recall information. Um, and I know one of the things that, that I've gotten in the habit of, which I'm consciously trying to break is, you know, if there's some place that, uh, if there's a place where I'm driving to that I sort of know how to get there, uh, instead of putting it in my GPS is to basically navigate there by memory if I can. And then if I screw it up, use GPS at the last minute. It's at least to me, uh, a, a little bit of what I think I'm hearing. And of course, you know, uh, you know, if you, if you really want to go to the next level, that's when somebody contacts you and goes through your program. I mean, but I think, you know, if you're looking for something simple to do right away that can, you know, kind of help, you know, help start that progress that, or start progressing toward that, uh, that next level is to do things like, you know, consciously avoid creating dependence on technology. At least that's, that's kind of the way that I think about it. I mean, you know, let me know if I'm oversimplifying. No, that's a, that's a great idea. In fact, uh, they've proven that taxi drivers, their, their, uh, pathways, you know, they make more connections and, and things like that. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I was going to touch on, you know, like people challenge themselves to do things that are hard, like, you know, brush your teeth with your non-dominant hand, you know, (laughs) things like that. I like that. Again, not my program, but, um, things that you can do to challenge yourself, new challenging tasks, new and novel Uh things are great for neuroplasticity. Right. Um, and, and going back to what you were saying about coaching, uh, you know, I've had high level players come back to me and, you know, they, they, they didn't talk to me for like three or four months. And then they came back and they're like, I need you, I need a coach. Right. And so (laughs) it's another benefit is you, you, a coach that can help you. And I have millions of, you know, ideas for drills rather than like, what's the next thing I can do. Um, And it's really not like, you know, like, like I said, it's not um, puzzles or, I mean, if you want to do puzzles, you can do that. I'm just saying um, I have actual drills that actually integrate senses that that, Mm -hmm. those sensory motor skills, um, pattern recognition drills, processing speed, speed that up with efficiency. We're talking stuff that high level people need. 
Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Well, and you know, because I think one of the advantages of working, uh, you know, of working with an expert as opposed to being fully self-directed is that you know, I I can only assume that you know one of your first steps is going to be some sort of assessment because everybody's going to have areas where they have relative skill and relative deficiency, and so there's a couple of different ways you could take it, right? You could try to really accentuate the areas where you have strength, you know, and you could also be simultaneously trying to improve some of the areas where you're weaker, um, you know, because that, then with that'll do is that'll give you a, you know, kind of a, um, you know, it, it will give you a general skill set, but then a few areas of strength that you can really hone to get, uh, to get, try to crack into that world-class category. Yeah, or at least yeah. that's the way that I would think about it. Um, you know, that you, naturally you're the expert in this realm. I mean, I, you know, I only play one on television or, you know, this podcast, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. I, um, you know, I know how to do assessments like, um, you know, you know, measure processing speed before yeah. and after, but a lot of people I work with, they don't really care. You know, they're not like, <clears throat> you know, I want to go from the 75th percentile to the 99th percentile. It's more like, what can you do for my business? So we, we assess where you're at and we, and, you know, after I have a 12 week program at the end of the 12 weeks, it's obvious, like I've been yeah. able to make this much more money and I've been able to like, um, there's someone uh, went from an idea Mm -hmm. to um in six months <clears throat> to securing a 20 million dollar building and i mean that and they were doing neuro and that's the you know that's the obvious results yeah. that they're looking for rather than percentiles gotcha gotcha okay well and so i think that that totally makes sense which is where you know what it ultimately has to come back to is, is practical results because um, you know, it, it's like, uh, it's like a couple, uh, some of my friends and I say, you know, where, because of course, you know, I get pitched by people who are trying to get, you know, Facebook likes, Instagram followers. Like I go, yeah, yeah. I can't pay my rent with likes, you know, it's all got to come back to money at some day. Otherwise it's just an academic conversation. Exactly. Um, so, all right. Well, Hey, really, uh, really appreciate your time today. Uh, tell people where they can learn more because of course, you know, it's like we were saying, you know, the, um, you know, people who are listening to this, you'll probably go through some exercises on your own, you know, and you can almost certainly, you know, people can almost certainly self-drive uh, a certain amount of improvement. But if you really want to get to that elite tier, I think that's where you, that's when you need to start bringing in coaching. So, uh, so yeah, definitely tell people where they can find you. Yeah. Um, so I'm neuroskillscoach.com. So um, again, I'm the original neuroskills coach. I feel like in the next five years, uh, neuroskills coaches will be a dime and a dozen all over professional sports. So I'm the original one. So if you go to neuroskillscoach.com, you'll it. find me. And I really appreciate your time, Doug. Thanks hey, for having me. No problem. No problem at all. And I hope everybody listening has a great day and I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Share it with your friends by sending them to TerminalValuePodcast.com. For more information, please visit BusinessOfLifeLLC.com for full access to Doug's products and services. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.